BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I don't know about you, but I'm dying to get back into workout classes, like full workout classes. It's been so long. I'm really starting to miss the little things. Like, do you know what I would give to wipe someone else's sweat off the machines right now? Or to hear my trainer shout at me to get another rep in? Vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19 and to get back the good times. Find a COVID-19 vaccine location near you at vaccines.gov. That's V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S dot gov. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for the episode today with Candice. She is so lovely, so stunning. I'm like obsessed with her, huge girl crush. And she has so much wisdom when it comes to the adult industry and marriages and open relationships and so much more. So I'm really excited for you to hear. I'm going to answer some of your questions and then we'll get started. Also, fun fact, last episode, I was like, I have a cold. So hopefully by this next episode, I'll be better. And now I have pneumonia, but it's okay. I'm eating McDonald's actually at the moment because it's a comfort food for me. And when I was younger, I used to get to eat McDonald's when I was sick. I don't know what my parents were thinking, but I guess everyone parents differently. I don't know. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to go over some of your questions and then we'll get right into Candice. Why I haven't had one night stands. Great question. I haven't intentionally not had one night stands. I guess it's just the kind of thing where I... And a lot of people are like this, no matter what their gender is. I really need to feel like some sort of connection to this person And it doesn't really do it for me to have a one night stand. Like I've had a situation where I was dating someone and then I slept with them and then I didn't want to see them again. But I don't know if I would call that a one night stand. I've never had the situation where I met someone like at a bar that night, slept with them and then never spoke to them again. I feel like there's just like, there's people like me out there. It's just something that has never happened for me. Like I've also never had a threesome, which that is like, you know, it sucks because it sounds like a fun time. But yeah, I've never had a one night stand. I've never like wanted to have a one night stand really. I think also I'm just too curious. Like I would need to know everything about that person after. And somehow I wouldn't make it a one night stand. Like I would be like, okay, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, especially if it was good. Is there always a fake one? before you end up with the real one? This is such a good question. And I I hate like calling it a fake one because like these aren't fake thing people. They're real people. But yes, I do believe that there's always a fake 
the one, quote unquote, before the one. Not that, again, there's multiple ones for you in your lifetime. But in terms of the person you end up with, I feel like the person before the person you end up with, you always think you're going to end up with. You go through the motions of like, you know, things that you do with them that you would do with the person that you end up with. You just don't end up with them. And it happens for a variety of reasons. I think for me, you know, assuming that my partner now is the one, I think that my ex, like in addition to thing like the issues that we, we had just like wasn't ready to take that next step. And I think that's so important to be on the same page with that person about what your timelines are. Like I used to think, oh, it's fine. Like if if this person wants to wait till they're like 36 to have kids, I'll just wait, you know, even though I'm a year older than them. But that's not what I wanted. And I was compromising. And so I think that's a big part of it. And so if you feel like your partner is missing something, maybe the one is next. Don't give up. How soon into a conversation with someone should you disclose that you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? This is an intro... Like you have to find a a balance here because if I'm talking to someone and they're like in the second sentence, they're like my girlfriend and I, the other day we went to the, I'm just like, wow, you're so, you really think I'm hitting on you. Like that's so wild, you know? And I get like offended, which is funny. But then at the same time, like if I were single and I was talking to someone for a while and we were really hitting it off. And then at the end of the conversation, they mentioned they had a girlfriend. Like, I'd be like, well, why did you just waste my time? Like, I could have been flirting with that guy over there. So I think that there's a way to weave it in sort of in the middle, but not be offensive about it. Like, you could say like, oh, yeah, like my girlfriend, I took a trip there last summer. It was awesome, blah, blah, blah. Um, There's not really another way to do it without kind of seeming like a dick, you know, like even if you don't think they're hitting on you, you know it's the right thing to do to mention that you're in a relationship. And if you don't, I think the longer you go, probably says something about you not wanting to say something because maybe you want to have a chance with this person. Like Carrie and Berger in Sex and the City when he didn't mention he had a girlfriend. You met a great guy, but you still have relationship PTSD. How to explain the need to take it slow. I often find that if you feel like you have to tell someone you want to take it slow, that's a red flag because they should be respecting the pace and matching the pace in a way. When I like started seeing my my boyfriend now, I had just kind of gotten out of a relationship pretty recently. And so we were going slow and he understood that and like read the room on that. And I think... Granted, no relationship is perfect and you and you really might have to say like, I need some time, blah, blah, blah. But being open about any sort of PTSD from your last relationship is so crucial because then you can work through it with this person. So maybe you say like, yeah, my last relationship. I mean, I don't know how this person's last relationship ended, but my last relationship ended because this person couldn't commit. And so like commitment's really important to me. So I I want to just take it slow so that we can actually, you know, know if we're committed to each other or not, whatever it is, just share your truth and share it in the beginning of the relationship because you don't want to share it when it's too late. 
how to actually become less defensive. We talked about this on our episode with Mark Groves, but someone said that we didn't really get into how to actually implement being less defensive in your life. And that's a great point. I saw my therapist after recording that episode and she gave me some really good tips that I'm going to share with you guys now. So you don't have to pay for therapy session on this same subject. So you're welcome. Um, I'll pay for it for you. So what she basically said, at least, and this is for me, I don't know if it's for you, but this is for me. When I get defensive, when I react or like yell or whatever, for me, it comes from a place of vulnerability or insecurity. So for example, the story I told you in the last podcast about how I was annoyed that my boyfriend was like smelling my hair, whatever. Like every moment that I react is because this like defensiveness is like this, let's call her like, like Lynn, I don't know, Linda too or something is trying to protect me and thinks that I need protection. It's like this part of me that is being defensive because they're defending me. And they're like, oh my God. And it's like the story that I'm coming up with, like this person's being mean to you. You need to attack them. You need to defend yourself, blah, blah, blah. And so it's really just getting in touch with whatever that part of me is that's trying to be defensive and understanding why it's coming up and what the intention is. So if this is coming up right now, because I think that I need to defend myself, why can't I realize the goal which is to get along with this person and the truth, which is that this person has good intentions and they're not trying to hurt me or something like that. So it really, it's just about reasoning with my own thoughts and feelings and staying in a thing called wise mind as opposed to emotion mind. And our emotions, they love themselves. They really get off on telling themselves this story like, oh, this person's against you and they want to do this and they want to make you feel blah, blah, blah. No, the reality is everything's fine. This person made a comment. They were confused. I did shower. I tell them that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's not that scary. And so we have to separate ourselves from our thoughts sometimes. A great book on this actually is called The Untethered Soul. So definitely pick it up and check it out. And I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. There's nothing sexier in the summer than wearing less clothing because it's summer and it's fucking hot out here. And so when I wear less clothing, I love to do it up with my jewelry, like sleek hoops, all my rings, my bracelets, my necklaces. I'm personally a fan of gold jewelry, but it's all beautiful, especially at Majuri. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day. They've got new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal reasons. And there are fresh new picks every week for every style. If you're into the hoops, if you're into the stackable rings, if you want an engravable necklace, everything that you want is on their website. And it's really, really awesome. I wear my Majuri jewelry every day. I get compliments all the time. And I want you to experience it too. You don't need a reason to buy jewelry. It's just because you're amazing and because you listen to this podcast, obviously. So head to Majuri.com slash Acme and you'll get 10% off your first order. M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme for 10% 
off your first order. Don't you want to look sexy this summer with your jewelry shining on you? Majuri.com slash Acme. Happy 4th of July. Hope everyone is getting the day off today. I mean, it's a Sunday. So like, if not, I'm sorry, but I love you. And I am just running around today because it's my grandpa's birthday. And tomorrow is my boyfriend's birthday. So I'm just trying to like be there for everyone and make sure everyone's having a good day. But I also want to feel good. And something that I do for myself, which is my little self-care, is I bring around my Function of Beauty shampoo and conditioner. I want my hair to look good. I want my hair to smell good. And so I need my customizable stuff. Like I can't just go to the like the CVS and get whatever. I really want to take care of myself, especially in this really humid weather. The way that you can use Function of Beauty for yourself is you can go to functionofbeauty.com and take a little quiz and then they create your unique formula. It's a really short quiz. It takes like two seconds and all their products are sulfate and paraben free, vegan, cruelty free, and really they smell delicious, I have to tell you. The best smelling flavors that you could choose are the sweet peach or like a more subtle scent, which is what I have. The rose is amazing or lavender if you're more of a lavender person. And you can also get unscented if you're like, I don't want my hair to ever smell. But take care of yourself, take care of your hair and bring your function of beauty everywhere with you like I do. If you go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme, you can take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin and body products. Functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Let them know that you heard about it on this podcast and you'll get 20% off your order if you go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme now. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Candace Horback, aka, or better known as to probably most of you, Eva Lovia. Hi. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. So before we get started, how old are you and where are you from? 31, about to be 32 and North Carolina. Awesome. And what is your current relationship status? I'm married. Love it. So how did you meet? Well, first, before we get into that, because I want to hear your whole love story um, (laughs) for people who don't, our listeners are mostly women. And like, I, I am a woman who like watches tons of porn and we're sponsored by like Dipsy, which is like a porn audio thing. And like, I'm very familiar with that world, but for women who might not be, um, what is like your background slash and then like into what you do today? So I've been in the adult industry for about 10 years, maybe 11, which is so crazy to say out loud. Um, And then I kind of left shooting like the mainstream industry and started self-producing about four years ago. And during that transition, I've tried to kind of expand my brand 
introduced the real me to my social following, which is Candace. Um, and through that, I've kind of explored Twitch and now I'm podcasting and the podcast will actually be going on a year in June. So yeah, lots of things. Awesome. And before we continue, I think I know because I looked it up, but I have to ask for our listeners, when is your birthday? May 29th. So I'm a Gemini. You're a Gemini. I love it. So I'm a Libra. So I feel like Libras and Geminis just like get each other. Mm -hmm. When is your partner's birthday? He's an Aries. So um, April 10th. Mm -hmm. Also a really good match. Um, Really good match. So going back to like before you were in the adult industry, what was Candace like? Like, how did you make a decision to, to check it out and to join her? Like, how did you know that you had what it takes, you know? Oh man, I get that question a lot. And I always get a little bit nervous because I mean, I knew I wanted to get into the industry since I was like little, like little, little. I mean, probably five is when I started. My idols were like, you know, the Baywatch babes and Mm -hmm. the girls that I would see on those magazines. And I was like, I just found something very powerful about a woman that fully stepped into her sexuality. And for me, Um, I'd always been very curious, but at the same time, very nervous to explore my sexuality. I was a serial monogamous. So I dated the same guy for a very, very long time. And I didn't get to really discover who I was or what I wanted. And it kind of felt like a a false identity in a sense. Mm -hmm. So when I finally left that relationship, um, I was like, I'm going to do something that's kind of piqued my interest for the last few years. And I had the opportunity to um, start webcamming. And that seemed like a good way to get my foot in the door because it wasn't permanent content that was out there. I could come up with a different name and just see um, how I took to that industry in a very small level. And I just loved it. I just... I felt like I was finally discovering who the real me was. And that is a very sexual person and a person that likes attention. And I know that's Mm -hmm. something we're not supposed to say out loud, but it's true for anyone that's a celebrity (laughs) or influencer, right? You have a certain level of narcissism to go into that. Totally. I think that that's something we should absolutely be talking about. I'm so happy that you brought it up because like, it's almost like shunned to admit that we want attention yet everyone is on Instagram posting like their straps. It's like, obviously we, we do, you know? Right. Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing that behavior. So yeah, I just, I've always kind of been curious, but too scared to make the plunge. So when I was uh, 19 is when I started and here I am. Amazing. And how Mm -hmm. did you like get so big? I mean, (laughs) like it just, I mean, like obviously because you're gorgeous and like you're so sexy. Um, Thank you. I just, I'm so curious how it, how like the adult industry kind of like breaks down. Like I know we've had Asa Akira on the podcast. She's amazing. Yeah, Um, I love her. She's incredible. But I feel like everyone has a different experience. Like how do you know you're being like put on like the top page or whatever it is, right? So I truly believe in fate and destiny. I think some things are out of our hands and if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. For me, it's something I try to live by and maybe even didn't really realize that at the beginning was engaged in difference. So you're doing what needs to be done for that goal, but you're unattached to the outcome. And I feel like that's when serendipity happens. And that's when you're like, how did I just get this massive check? Or how did I just become number one on this thing? Right. Um, it's that it, 
the indifference part of it, but not just sitting on the couch and hoping that you're going to like secret and manifest everything. So I think that's part of it. And then also I think being shy helped me out a ton because I always kind of sat on the outside and just observed. I was always observing conversations and interactions and what worked for these girls that were in a lot longer than I was. So if I saw someone, you know, like Rachel Starr would be in the same dressing room as me, I would be like, what is she doing? Who is she talking to? How is she behaving? And how does that work out for her career? So taking people that have had a successful career or something that I would define as success and then trying to replicate the things that they did while still being authentic to myself. So not getting too caught up in like the politics of the industry or making friends and like going down wrong paths maybe by partying too much or getting caught up in the material. So I definitely had a business mind going into it. I think that helped me out a ton. Definitely. Was there a part of you that felt like this was a very like misogynist industry or that like you were ever treated? um, And obviously you don't have to go into specifics, but like in a way that was like, me too-y or just like not, not okay? So I'm not like a big fan of the word misogyny, especially in this industry. I think you're going to have people, just people in general that take advantage of other people. And surprisingly, I've had female directors treat me just as bad, if not worse, as male directors. Um, I've had female talent treat me just as bad, if not worse, as male talent. So I wouldn't say that it was sex-based or Mm gender-based. I would just say it was whether or not that person was shitty. Um, And unfortunately, there's always a new influx of talent. And these big companies know that. So if something does go wrong or if you have someone that is a little bit more disagreeable and they're not willing to just be a robot and do everything that you want, it's very rare for that person to do well. Fortunately for me, I say no a ton and I got like a huge reputation for being a diva. Even like also would say it to me. And I was like, I'm not though. Like Uh we've never been on the same set together. I was like, if you saw what I had to deal with, with certain companies, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like questioning these things. Fortunately for me, I was able to say no a lot and I still had an epic career. And I think a lot of that was because I think part of it was timing. Part of it also was the way that you, I guess, go about it. Like, are you disagreeing in a professional way? Are you throwing a tantrum and running off of set? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was lucky enough that my scenes did well enough that these companies kind of were more likely to bend to what I would ask. Yeah. What is something that you would say no to? Because it's so funny. Like I watch... I don't... What is the phrase that you prefer? Like, is it porn or like adult videos? I say porn unless yeah. I'm unless I'm meeting someone casually and they're like, oh, what do you do? Right, or like, you right, look right. kind of familiar. Then I'll uh-huh. say the adult industry because right, then it's a little right. less aggressive. Right, right. They can take a minute to digest <laughs> right. that. They can uh-huh. like admit that that's how. Um, no, I, I watch porn and I've actually watched porn with my partner before too. But like before, you know, meeting him and like moving in with him, like I watched, I've been watching it since I was like, since I got started getting horny for the first time, like on like, <laughs> on like the like family computer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I am well aware that there are a lot of genres that are very questionable. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Like beyond. <laughs> and even the, even the stuff that I like is kind of questionable, not going to lie. Um, so like, where do you draw the line of like, okay, I will do, you know, this, I don't know, like gangbang video, but I refuse to do this like 
backwards hanging from like a whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I always said that no matter how much money was being thrown at me, I would never do something that I wasn't genuinely interested in doing. Like I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, it would be something I would do in my, my real life, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I wanted to be with two guys, which was a real fantasy for me, then I would do that. And then obviously the pay would also have to match up, but I'm not going to ever put myself in a situation where I'm just doing something for the pay. So I think that's going to be different for everybody. For me, it was, I've never been into super hardcore scenes. Like I always did like the pretty porn because that's just what I like. I, the thing I would say and know a lot about is a lot of companies like to make the girl look stupid. Like, I don't know what the attraction is there, but like, oh my God, that's the biggest cock I've ever seen. And then you have this like shock face. I was like, in no, in no experience in my life, have I ever seen a penis so big that I just, my jaw hit the floor and I've seen some pretty big ones, right? Right. I'm going to react in a normal way. I want to be sexy. I want to be classy. I want to be pretty. I don't want to sit there with my jaw open, like oogling this penis for a photo. So things like that, I would say no to. And they're like, well, everyone does this. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that because that photo's out there forever. Towards the end, every single cum shot was on my face and that got really exhausting. And I was like, I don't want it on my face today. So I'm going to tell you, these are the options. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, no one does that. It's always on the face. I was like, well, we're changing it up today and these are your options. Take it or leave it. And they were like, that's where the diva thing came in because no one did that. They're like, it's not a big deal. It's like, if you're shooting 20 scenes a month, it is a big deal. You know what right, I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. And then something that I'm curious about is like, obviously that like OnlyFans is now like blowing up. Mm-hmm. Like how do you and your friends who, you know, also are in the adult industry feel about a platform like OnlyFans? Is it like threatening? Is it an ally? Like, are you on it? Yes, I'm on it. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think it's going to be the thing that permanently shakes up the the porn industry. For the longest time, girls didn't have any power or performers in general, right? Like it was all these, you are at the whims of these studio heads. Right. So now, or, and even if the girls that had websites, you had a webmaster and they were usually a pretty shady character as well. And they were taking a massive cut. So now you have mm-hmm. the opportunity where you just have this platform that's available. It's click and drag. You just upload things. So if you can send an email, you can work the platform. And the cuts are really generous. Like the girls get 80%. I don't know anyone else that does that. And what's so fascinating is for the first time, girls are seeing their true value. And they're like, holy shit, I was underpaid. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a couple girls um, on my podcast actually about this, and they all feel the same way. They're like, I would get so much shit for saying I want $1,500. And they're like, who does she think she is? Or I want $3,000. Who is that girl? Why does she deserve that? And then you start an OnlyFans and you see how much money is generated and how much these companies are just hoarding for themselves. So it's going to be really difficult to get a quality performer to come back to set for 8 to 12 hours for shit pay when they can sit at home and make content that they want. Yeah, that's so true. I was actually just in Miami with my parents and my boyfriend and we were like, you know, we took a boat out one day and we were looking at the crazy houses and we were like, oh, that's JLo's house. That's this person's house. And our like tour guide or, you know, captain, whatever driver of the boat was like, look at that one. And we were like, Oh, holy shit. Like that's huge. And he was like, yeah, that's bang bros. 
<laughs> and I was like, wow, like uh-huh. there's a lot of money to be made in the industry. It's wild. And like, you know, I have friends that are on OnlyFans and they are absolutely crushing it. Like they've paid mm-hmm. off their like student loan debt. It's oh, yeah. incredible. But it's like, how do you... And I'm not saying like we need to encourage more women to be on it because women can do whatever they want. But if there's someone listening right now and they're like, I would love to do that, but I'm scared that like my family would judge me or that, you know, a guy wouldn't want to date me. um, What would you say to that person? So I think it's really important to acknowledge the fallout that happens. And I say this all the time. There's a massive social fallout when you make that decision. I think that there's this false sense of anonymity when people go into it, which is why a lot of people make stage names. But no matter how small you are, people will find out. I was discovered when I was still webcamming. So I had no, I didn't even have a last name. I was just going by Eva. And I blocked out my my state that I grew up in and then the state that I lived in. So I was still using that technology to allegedly protect my identity. So if you go into it, know that people will find out. So first and foremost, what's kind of I guess sad is you never really can predict how people are going to react, even the people closest to you. Like I have family members Mm. that I don't talk to anymore because of it. Um, And this is just recently. So they were okay with it up until now I'm a mom. So now I was supposed to, I guess, change my career. And because I didn't do that, it's a problem. So Mm. you never really know how people are going to react, when they're going to react. And you just have to do what feels right for you. If it's if it's something that you've always wanted to explore, if you're a sexual person and you also want to try to make money at it and that feels authentic to you and you feel like by not doing it that you're robbing yourself of something, then right. I think you need to do that. And it'll just be a really great filtration system as to who's supposed to be in your life and not. And when it comes to relationships, I mean, I'm married. I've been with the same guy for 10 years now. We have a beautiful baby together. A lot of my friends are married and have children. So there's this false narrative that if you decide to be sexual or heaven forbid, make money off of your sexuality, that you're unlovable. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You're just going to find the right person for you. It has been so awesome getting to talk to Candice. And one thing that I love about her, among so many things, is that she normalizes the idea of masturbating and you know, getting off to something or someone, or maybe it's a story. It's so important to take care of your sexual wellness. And if you're someone who is still timid about masturbating or, you know, a little scared of going to a porn website, Dipsy is the place for you. Dipsy has all these stories. It's an audio story app full of these short, sexy stories that are designed to turn you on, designed to get you in the mood. And they're really hot. Like anything that you can think of, you know, hooking up with your camp counselor to your best friend taking a little too far one night and like ending up hooking up with them and sleeping over and whatever you're into, Dipsy has it for you. They've also got sensual bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. Or you can just relax by masturbating to one of their amazing stories. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. Don't be afraid of your body. Get in touch with it. Go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. 
I have two questions and then I want to do a little dive into your relationship because I want to okay. hear more. Um, but where did the name Eva Lovia come from? A lot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I always loved Eva Mendez and Eva Longoria when I was growing up. So I wanted that name. I have a little bit of Spanish in me. So I wanted to do that. And I was at the bar with a couple of my girlfriends and we were trying to find a name and I wanted it to be A, something that didn't exist yet so I could trademark it and B, something that was kind of a play off of a celebrity so that if you Googled them, then maybe I would come mm. up. So we were playing with Longoria and someone was like, long love yet. And I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> that's like 80s porno. We're not doing that. And they're like, well, what about love yet? And I was like, well, that's harsh. So then we spelt it a little bit different. And then Lovia was born. I love that. That's amazing. And you Thank mentioned... You. Uh, you mentioned that you have a child. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something that I sometimes get nervous about slash like have had conversations about is like, I'm so open about my life and, and my sex life and, and just like everything on my podcast. And like, sometimes I, I worry and I know like it won't actually happen, right? It's like an irrational fear, but that like when my kids like who don't exist yet um, are growing up, like their friends will be like, Ha, ha your mom talked about like 69ing with your dad on her podcast. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. just like and get made fun of. And like I really don't think that will happen because I feel like the generations that are growing up now are so much smarter and so much more aware and like do not allow bullying and like are very like, I don't know, just po like positive and like anti-bully, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. like, do you ever have those thoughts too that like it'll come up to your, your child. And like, how do you combat that? Well, I think it's, it's definitely going to happen. I, I think it's a little bit different in my situation where it's unavoidable. So it's mm -hmm. at what age. And I think what's really important for my husband and I is to make sure that we're the ones that introduce that to him and not a friend or not, mm. it wouldn't obviously be a friend, but not like a, a jerk kid um, or a, an inappropriate parent or something like that. Right. So we have to obviously be ahead of it. I think I was bullied a ton growing up to the point where I actually got pulled out of school for a while. Uh, it was really, really bad. And it wasn't anything that my mom did. It was, it was I, I looked a lot more Asian when I was little. And as I've gotten older, it's kind of become more of like a what are you thing. But I looked like a little you know China doll growing up. So we moved from California to this like podunk upstate New York town. And I looked very different from everybody else. And I got picked on for my eyes. I got picked on because I had freckles and I eventually started getting physically bullied. So all of those things were obviously out of my hands, right? Like I can't pick what race I am. So I think it's unavoidable that your kid is going to have to deal with something, some hurdle as a kid in school. And I think that if they come out of it on the other side with proper guidance, it can yeah. really build their character. And I think it can be for their benefit at the end of the day. So this is just going to be one of those things that we're lucky enough to know it's coming rather than just wait for whatever it is that sh to show its face. So we have to kind of introduce it in a way that, you know, sexuality is normal. Nudity is normal. It's not something to be shameful about. It's something to be enjoyed between consenting adults. And we understand that you're going to be embarrassed and that's totally normal. And just talk it out with him and let him be pissed. Let him be ashamed. Let him process it however he's going to and then just be there when he's ready to talk about it. That's such a good call. Just like having you be the person that tells them before anyone else. Like mm -hmm. just that is so 
smart and just like prepares a kid. I mean, and by the way, like that should be with every hard conversation Mm -hmm. you should have with your kids before they, you know, hear it from their friends or, Mm -hmm. and that's just why it's so important to like communicate. And so now I would love to hear how you met your partner. Oh man. So it's, it's not like a fairy tale story. I was actually, um, I moved down to South Carolina for university with my boyfriend at the time and we broke up and we were together forever. Um, and I was like, I'm going to be single and go out and just like finally be me. I'd only been with two men at that time in my life. So I just like, I was like, this is my sexual liberation. I'm just going to find who, who Candace is. And I would go out and I would always see this one guy who was just like the center of attention, the loudest guy in the room, like not my type at all. And I'm like, who is that jackass over there? (laughs) And it never really came to. Um, He asked me out and I like totally blew him off. And then I was looking for a bartending job. So I applied to his bar. I didn't know he was the owner of it. Um, And I like was doing my first shift or something and he came in and he's him and his buddies were like, you know, we're going to send you home early so we can all go out and party. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm like 21 at the time, like let's close up and go out. So we went out and like the end of the night was, or the end of the night was coming and all last call was being announced. And I was like, I'm going to have my first one night stand with this guy. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to do it. I was like ripping off the band-aid. So we hooked up actually at his bar he had security cameras in the in the restaurant. So all of the staff saw it the next day. No. I was mortified because it was before I had done any porn or anything. <laughs> he texted me because I didn't even ask for his number. I was committed to like the detached one night stand. He yeah. texted me the next day um, saying that I was going to get fired because of the sex tape. I thought it was his business partner. And he's like, oh, this is Eric, by the way, LOL. And then we ended up getting married. So I'm really bad at a one night stand. That's so Um, cute. But yeah, I was mortified. Like you hadn't gotten into the adult industry yet. I was doing implied modeling. So Mm -hmm. like not even nipple, just like very classy nudes. Yeah. So, so how did you kind of have the conversation with your partner and say like, Hey, I have always had this passion. Like I'm going to do this. You're either on board or you're not. So he has always been really supportive. Like he, one of his biggest things is he's like, I never want to stop someone from their path. And if that's your path, that's your path. So again, he is just like such a rare breed of a person. He actually was really excited about it. And then I started doing girl, girl only. And like most dudes are obsessed with that. And they're like, yeah, you can do that all day. Uh And then I brought up the conversation. We had maybe been dating a year at this point. I got offered a contract for my first boy girls. And he's like, you can do it, but I'm probably not going to be here for it. Like, just, I don't, I don't think I can handle that. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, okay. And I, I guess I didn't want it enough to really further that conversation. So I continued just doing the girl, girl. So then we had, um, we ended up getting engaged and I realized it wasn't that I wanted to start shooting with men necessarily. It was, I wanted to have that open relationship and I wanted to have that conversation with him and the open relationship as in you're able to sleep with other people yeah Mm -hmm. so I was like just out of curiosity how old were you guys when you got engaged um 24 
24, 24, okay. 25. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of taken aback by it because he thought it was just work. And we talked about it. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, well, you can too. Like, I think this needs to be fair. I'm not going to say rules for me and not for thee kind of a thing. Um, so we talked about it for probably a year. And we both got on the same page. I started shooting Boy Girl. We started exploring what an open relationship was. And it was very complicated in the beginning. There were a lot of fights, a lot of jealousy that we both had to navigate. And then as the time went on, we kind of fine-tuned our own rules for the relationship that we both can be happy on. And I mean, a relationship's like a living, breathing thing. So you constantly have to check in on it and reevaluate it. And maybe the rules last year don't apply now, or maybe you thought you would be okay with something. And all of a sudden you're like, this doesn't feel good to me. So let's revisit this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like we've finally kind of curated a perfect situation for what we want, but yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. And has that relationship closed over time, like now that you have a, a kid or are you still like have work, making it work the way that you guys do it? So we've talked about it since, um, since we've had our son and it's weird. Cause I think neither of us has that desire right now to be with anyone else because there's so little time and it's like the very little time that we have, we want to spend it with each other. Mm. And I feel like it would be taking away from our relationship. Like that's one of the biggest rules is like the relationship has to be totally healthy and standing on its own before you can even entertain something else. So I think right now is not a good time for either of us, but we don't have to ask permission or anything like that. So if something does happen and I was like, Hey, did you, you know, maybe get a little bit weird this weekend, whatever. And he obviously has to be truthful with me. And if I feel yucky about it, then we have to figure out why that is. Is it because I'm jealous or is it because the relationship isn't where we both need it to be for that kind of stuff. And then also, I mean, we met when I was 21. I just have this idea of if, if I'm going to be with this man until I'm, you know, like a hundred years old, I think it's kind of silly to expect him to just be with me. Even if it's a, a whoopsie daisy, like let's say we both want to be monogamous and he cheats. I don't understand why I blow up the family, why my child has to now be raised in two different households because he slept with someone else. It doesn't mean he doesn't love me. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. I think it's important to allow grace for mistakes. And that's kind of what we have. It's like, it's just this grace. So it's like, if you do this and it bothers me, we'll talk about it. And then I'll try not to do it again if that's where it goes. But right now it's like expected that we're not, but if it does, it's not a problem. That's so fascinating because I'm so like traditional and monogamous mm-hmm. and just hearing you talk about it, I, I can't like be like, I wouldn't be able to be okay with it myself, but like, mm-hmm. of course it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure there's a huge part of you that's like so correct that like you can't expect someone to, you know, only sleep with you for the rest of your life. I wonder if you think that it's different if you meet like after 30 So there's interesting studies that when it comes to monogamy, specifically with the genders. So it's always been said that, you know, women are not as interested in sex and what the new interpretations are actually saying. So the longer you're with someone, a man actually has like a steady decline as far as his interest goes in his monogamous partner. But with a woman, it's almost like a big dip, it happens like really soon, a lot faster and a lot more obvious. And they used to say it's, well, women just don't like sex. And then now we're kind of saying it's women don't necessarily like the sex with that partner. We get bored Mm -hmm. very easily. 
So I think no matter what, you're going to see similar trajectories as far as like disinterest go. I don't, I believe in monogamy. I think there are plenty of people that can figure that out and be very happy and work that out. I'm not here trying to corrupt every relationship and Mm -hmm. make you loose and whatever. But I think that people just need to have more honest conversations with their partner as to what they expect romantically and physically from the relationship. And we don't do that. It's kind of awkward. We're told we're not really supposed to want to be sexual. So even if it's monogamy, you know, maybe we, we watch porn together or maybe we use toys or maybe we role play like these kinds of things to make sure that the interest is still there, especially as you get older. Because I know for me, my sex drive has gone up since I've been in my 30s. Like I'm mm. a lot more sexual now than I was in my 20s. So I think it's very important to give to pay proper attention to that in a relationship, especially if you're monogamous. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is really important. And I think if you're like stuck in the same routine with your partner, like you do the same like one position every time mm-hmm. you have sex or like whatever it is. And like, you don't really talk about it. I feel like that's definitely a red flag that's going to create some sort of negativity over time, um, which is interesting. So a lot of women, like they'll write in and they'll be like, how do I not get upset that my boyfriend watches porn? Or how do I not like get jealous if he has like a favorite porn star or like, you know, all of this stuff out of curiosity, like, does your husband watch porn? Oh yeah. Yeah. He watches porn. And I used to be one of those women that was wildly jealous. I was like, how dare you find anyone but me attractive (laughs) to a ridiculous level? Um, And a lot of that was just bad um, like examples as I was, as I was younger. Right. And I kind of had to deprogram myself in that way. What's interesting enough is there's actually some professionals that are saying this problem doesn't exist in the gay community. It's strictly a hetero problem, um, which I find so fascinating. And I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. The jealousy around porn specifically. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that there's something really interesting. And I hope people kind of um, do more work on that because I would love to see the studies. But Mm. you kind of have to understand, like, just because someone's with you and they love you, they're not blind anymore. Right. And just because you are watching a, a porn star that has, you know, big boobs and blonde hair and you're small chested and a brunette, that doesn't take away from his attraction to you. It's just, we can appreciate the beauty in multiple things, right? It doesn't, we don't get tunnel vision. And if anyone says that they do, I feel like they're lying because they don't trust how you're going to respond to the truth. Yeah. Um, so that's also something you have to look at is, do you want to have that open space for communication? Do you want your partner to trust that he can tell you anything and that you're going to allow that space for conversation. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with it. You can very much say, okay, porn's not okay in this relationship. I don't advise that because most people watch it. And I think that it can be healthy and it can be great for a couple, but it's your relationship and you get to make the rules, but you need to allow that space for conversation. If you blow up and overreact, he's not going to tell you anything. And now you have a relationship filled with secrets. So I think you have to like dig into why are, why are you upset? Why are you jealous? Why are you scared? Why are you mad? Um, where are those feelings coming from? Do you think he's going to leave you for this person on the TV? Because right. that's highly unlikely. Um, yeah. I feel like it usually comes down to like some kind of dissatisfaction in your relationship, whether it's from an intimate, like an intimate space of just communication or whether it's intimate space physically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how can you strengthen that? Because if that is, if you have the fortitude there, it doesn't matter what he's watching. It's not going to, it's not going to make that crumble. Right. So it's just building that strong foundation to where he can do these other things and it doesn't affect your 
self-worth or your um, self-esteem. I agree. And I feel like you can't like fake it. Like just like a stupid example is like last night, uh, my boyfriend and I were watching this show that we've been loving. It's called Good Girls. And it's just like this really dumb show, but there was this woman on it and she's so hot. And I was just like thinking to myself, like, she's so hot. And so I out loud was like, she's so hot. And he was like, she is right. Like I was thinking that. And then he's like, and then he was like, I love you. And I was like, why? And he's like, cause I just feel like in other, you know, relationships around the world, like the woman might be saying like, she's pretty. And then the guy has to be like, oh, I didn't like, I didn't notice, you know? And like, Uh he knows that like, I don't care if he also thinks someone's hot, but it's like, you can't fake that. Like it has to be, it has to be genuine. And then like, do you think that what you just said in terms of like, you know, it's really about the foundation and trust, like, do you think that spills over to Instagram? And like, if, you know, your boyfriend follows like a bunch of porn stars on Instagram, is that like taking it too far or is it like no different? So I think it, the attainability factor is important. So if he's liking a bunch of people that are local to you or that, you know, they're girls around town and they're just more accessible and you guys are in a monogamous relationship, that would make me a little bit weary unless they're friends, right? Like I, I wouldn't really get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even had conversations with my husband about that because there was, he would be following certain girls in town or and liking their stuff. And they were girls that I had issues with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this isn't okay. This And people would be like, that's crazy. She has a problem with Instagram, but you guys have this lifestyle. It's like everyone has right. is allowed to make up their own rules. Totally. So yeah, I think the accessibility factor is definitely there. I think if he's, would you get mad if he's following, you know, Jennifer Aniston and, you know, Nicole Kidman, these like mainstream Hollywood stars? Is that the same thing? Would you also get mad at that? Because chances are he's not going to hook up with either of them, no, right? He's but I allowed to... Because like he's not jerking off to them. He might be. <laughs> to Jennifer <laughs> Aniston, like I love her, but I feel like I can't imagine... Yeah, I, I mean, I know my husband probably has, especially in her old like smart water yeah, commercials maybe, with maybe. like the tie. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think there's also a level of like, how is he jerking off to a problem, like to an amount that's causing problems in his work life and your relationship? Right, is he taking right. away time from that? Then yeah, that's a conversation that needs to be had if it's happening for hours on end a day. But if he's doing it and you don't even notice, I don't see the problem with that. Yeah, yeah. So I have one more question and then we're going to do some rapid fire poll questions. Okay. Um, you're, you're in such amazing shape. You look incredible, um, but you know that. Is there anything like when you got into the industry that they wanted to change about you and that um, you know people had suggested like, oh, you should get a boob job or you should get like a butt, a Brazilian butt lift. I don't know, whatever people do. So I actually, like I said, I started girl, girl only. So Mm -hmm. what was doing really well at the time was very skinny girls like Kate Moss then. And that's Mm -hmm. just not my body type. So I was actually always told to lose a bunch of weight. Um, And I was like never skinny enough for certain people. And it really bothered me for a while. And then at some point I was like, fuck you guys. I'm literally number one in the world right now. And you guys are telling me I'm fat. So if I'm fat, then people really dig it. And I'm just going to keep my body the way it is. Totally. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you haven't like had any work done um, I had my boobs done um, like two years before I got pregnant and then it just totally undid the boob job. So after I'm done having kids, I'm going to revisit that situation. Totally. 
Okay, let's do some rapid fire questions. We do these on our Instagram stories. So if you're ever bored, um, they're also good to do with a partner. Okay, the two times you meet their mom, so far twice, she tells them afterwards that you're great, but also feels the need to add that they're also great. Is she trying to hint that they could do better? Yes or no? I think every mom thinks that their son can do better. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Moms are deluge. <laughs> um, do you believe cancel culture is necessary? Yes or no? No. Mm-hmm. Let's say you match with someone on an app and you're interested in them, but then you realize a good friend of yours went on dates with them and hooked up. Is it shady to chat with them or no claims? No claims. Mm-hmm. A one night stand. So I guess technically we can't relate to this, but <laughs> would you spend the night or leave right after? Leave. Yeah, always. Is that what you did with Eric? Yeah, because it was at the bar. So I right, literally, right. I called a cab because this is before Uber. I called uh-huh. a cab and I was like, okay, I'm leaving. He's like, that's it. I was like, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> See that's the move. Um, is it better to confront your friend of five years for your relationship being one-sided or let the friendship fizzle? Confront or fizzle? I... Uh, it's quick fire. So I would say, I would say confront. Mm-hmm. When do you stop having sex every night with significant other when you sleep over? If you don't live together, two to three months or four to five months? Four to five months. Also out of curiosity, um, do you feel like a pressure to like have sex every day? Because like, or is it like something that you just like want to do? No, not at all. I mean, uh-huh. I don't. The last time I had sex every day, oh my gosh, was like so new into our relationship. Right. So now it's like, you know, we're lucky if we're getting it a couple <laughs> times a week. Yeah, totally. Would you tell your partner, and I'm sure this happens all the time to you, so like I wouldn't, it'd probably be redundant if you had to keep telling them, but if someone slid into your DMs, like flirtatiously, like a, re- like a real person or like a celebrity? I guess in your case, like a celebrity because they probably wouldn't care because it's probably people all the time who are like if I'm impressed by the celebrity then I'll be like oh my gosh look who DM'd me but other than that like no I don't tell him Ooh, can you tell us someone or no no I feel like that's breaking the rules (laughs) yeah yeah fair (laughs) um is it reasonable to not want to start officially dating your partner of six months because you're still in lockdown and enjoying how things are yes or no like in the like pandemic lockdown yeah. is what they mean. Yeah. Um, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, I didn't get serious with Eric until probably like a year and a half, two years in. Yeah. I know. I mean, you guys were so, you were young. Um, do you know your partner's phone password? Yes or no? Yes. I feel like it's such a red flag if you don't. Yeah, huge red flag. Um, is it a turn on or a turn off if they say I like you after the first date? Turn on. Thank you so much. Loved all your answers to the polls. Candace, do you have a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say my biggest piece of advice is to constantly continue to learn about yourself um, and to continue that relationship and grow that relationship. I think it's so important when it comes to self-worth because if that foundation is strong and if you're confident in who you are and the decisions that you make, it doesn't matter what anyone else says, does, or how they treat you. You're just going to be happy regardless. I love that. And that's also really good advice if you're looking for a relationship. It's like you have to strengthen 
the one with yourself. So I really love that. Where can everyone find you, follow you and listen to your podcast? Um, so you can find my podcast at chattingwithcandice.com. And then I'm always on Twitter. My handle is fallinlovia. Um, it's L-O-V-I-A. And Instagram is Lovia Longtime. I went through a pun pay- phase and now I regret <laughs> it deeply because I can't change it. Um, I so it. yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>